yeah, very, very quickly, I realized that spending long, long time, long times on your feet and in the mountains and just moving efficiently that like really like spoke to my soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, it, like it felt so liberating. Hello again, friends. Thank you so much for joining me here. It is Greg with the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. Thank you for being here and spending a little bit of your day learning something new. We are here to share wisdom gained from time spent in nature with a dose of inspirational and empowering stories of everyday people that move through uncharted territory, both literal and figurative. I hope you are as excited as I am to get to this week's episode. Here we go. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining me at the Wisdom of the Wilderness. We have a really fun episode today because I have a neat conversation with my friend Aileen. And I'm just going to read her Trail Sisters bio here because uh, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, Aileen is a runner of trails, climber of mountains, swimmer of lakes and oceans, and a huge fan of Lucky Charms and chocolate-covered espresso beans. She currently hangs out in North Vancouver, BC, and she has her new puppy, a King Charles Spaniel named Mops, who is freaking amazing. You can follow along their adventures at mops.adventuremuffin on Instagram. We have a wide-ranging conversation. Uh, Aileen is an ultra runner. She has crushed it in everything she has been trying out. She has all kinds of cool outdoor adventures, and she's done a lot of them on her own. So we talk about a number of things from running for self-care to adventure to volunteering and giving back to the community and a whole bunch of possibilities. So I hope you enjoy this episode today, and you can also check out articles that she's written for Trail Sisters. They are fantastic, and I highly recommend them. So without further ado, let's go right to the episode. All right, so today we are here with my friend and fellow trail runner, Aileen. And Aileen has done a whole bunch of really badass adventures all around the wet and or west coast of British Columbia. So uh, hello, Aileen. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I am fantastic, thank you. It is good. Um, yeah, You have done a lot of cool stuff, and I know all about it, but people in Listerland may not. So uh, could you share some of the really cool stuff that you've done with us, and we'll take it from there? Sure. Um this is like it's almost hard thinking about cool adventures because i i feel like a lot of things can be classified as cool adventures Uh, but i guess a bit about me i um yeah i guess most identify as a trail runner um i started trail running like four years ago um initially kind of started out as a road runner um with a bet with a friend and then that kind of evolved really quickly into uh uh, getting into trails and ultras and, and um, yeah very very quickly I realized that spending long long time long times on your feet and in the mountains and just moving efficiently that like really like spoke to my soul uh, mm-hmm. I just it, like it felt so liberating and um, like just like the most excited I've ever felt in my life and I was like okay this is what what I want to spend all my free time doing um so yeah I really kind of make running um a priority and I guess in terms of like or like I think one thing that I really value about running is that it can take you to so many cool places um so I guess some of the some of the cool places that I've run like I I currently live in North Vancouver um on the North Shore and we've got some pretty cool mountains here um up in Squamish and Whistler, there's some great mountains to to run around. Um, I the, my most recent race was um, the Orcas Island hundred miler pre COVID, so quite mm-hmm. a while ago now. Um, yeah, but being able to run um, in the San Juans down in the U.S. was um, a really really cool experience. Um, and what else? I guess another memorable adventure was um, driving down uh, to Moab and then the Grand Canyon and uh, doing some running around there. That was great. Um, 
but really I, I feel like there's just so many more places that I'd love to run <laughs> there's yeah two places on the list so I'm excited to like keep exploring and keep um yeah just like seeing where my legs can take me um yeah yeah oh gosh well, that that's fantastic and you're right there's like the entire world is your playground once you realize and see it in a different way um i want to ask about the orcas island because you ran a hundred miler and i may be messing this up i know you wrote some awesome articles about trail running too for um trail sisters but your hundred miler uh tell us about that because that is a significant achievement and congratulations Thanks. Um, where to start? I mean, I think if I had to describe that adventure in like one word would be fun. Um, oh, I apologize to my dog. That's okay. So, Hi, Mops. I have a little King Charles Spaniel. So all those listeners out there, um, his mm-hmm. name is Mops. He is nine months old. He is um, being well-trained as an adventure bud. So he is a good snuggle buddy and goes on runs with me. So... Um, ultra dog in training. Yes. Um, and anyways. Mops is awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is. Uh, I might be biased though, but uh, <laughs> if you ever hear any barking in the background, that uh, he'll be the culprit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, back to, to Orcus 100. So yeah, fun, I think, would be the one way to describe it. And I think, like, definitely some type two fun. Um, mm-hmm. It was definitely like a good supper fest, but it was just. The conditions were absolutely atrocious. Um, like it's it's in February, um, you know, in the San Juans. Like it just torrential downpour. We we're going through like knee deep puddles. There was slush on the ground the whole course. Um, like falling trees because of a windstorm, and it was kind of these <laughs> just so outrageous conditions that like it kind of. Um, how do I describe it? Like, like increase the camaraderie among all the runners <laughs> out there. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like, I mean, it was a race, but it wasn't really a race. It was like this like epic adventure that we were all on together. Um, and you know, it, it's a, so it's a four twenty five mile loop course. Um, and so there were like certain puddles that you would like get to know on each loop. Um, and like, as you started another loop, you're like, man, like I'm, I'm dreading this puddle. Like, you know, you, like, you knew where they were. Um, and it was funny because, you know, you're talking to the other racers and you, you each knew the puddles. Like, you could, like, identify yeah. them together. Um, but it was just things like that where it just, you know, you just have to laugh and pretend like you're a kid, like, enjoying splashing in puddles. Um, but I think that, like, kind of increased camaraderie among all the runners, you know, because of those horrible conditions. Um, like, it just, it, it made the race more special than I think it would have been otherwise um and it was really just like this like fun epic adventure that you're all on um and yeah so that was like super cool well Um, yeah and and having the camaraderie too when you're in um fun conditions like that it really adds to something of hey these other people are out here and yeah, it's fun. Yeah, there's a level of suffering, but someone else is here with it. So you like immediately bonded with them as you're dodging falling trees or mm-hmm. whatever else it might be. Gosh, and and how did that race go for you? Um, it went really well actually. Yeah, it was my first hundred miler. Um, actually only hundred miler because COVID has canceled all the other races, <laughs> all Lame. the other hundred milers I've been planning on running. Um but not the last for sure. Um, but yeah, I ended up coming in second female and I think 17th overall. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty proud of that, um, of those results actually, especially, um, yeah, like I felt like I, I worked really hard, like, um, I did work really hard, but like, like training, like I felt like I really, like, I committed a lot of time to, to training for Orcus and mm-hmm. I, I kind of felt like I was winging it a little bit like and I'm sure everyone does for their first 100 <laughs> miler I'm assuming um yeah so kind of just felt like I was winging it and to to see all that hard work and effort kind of um resu- like I I'm not like super driven by um like results like placing and time and stuff um but 
I mean, a little bit. <laughs> so that was nice. Um, but also, like, I, I really felt like on race day that, like, I kind of gave it my all and, like, when I crossed the finish line, I was like, yeah, like, I, I really did the best I could on that day. And, like, to me, that's kind of my number one goal in, in any race that I go in. So <clears throat> to have that feeling of, like, yeah, I, like, put in a lot of effort and, like, you know, throughout training and throughout this adventure, and I really felt like I gave it my all. Like, that was, like, the um, kind of, like, my main goal, and it felt great to reach that, so. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Um, and, yeah, thank you. Tied to that, um, you run, and, like, you enjoy running. Is that the main motivation you have? Because I know there's a lot of people that be like, oh, I run to lose weight or I run for mental health or whatever it is. Um, yeah, like what are some of the motivations you have with running? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot of them. I think the main one <laughs> is like it's fun. Like it's like something that like I get to do every day that's like for me. It's like, I don't know, it's like there's this feeling of like um, – can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah but- for sure. I swear. <laughs> There's like, say fuck it. like, man, I'm a badass just running down this, like down the trail, going down this like fun downhill. And like, you know, no one else is around. You're just like having fun. And there's like mud flying everywhere. And like, you know, everything else that's like stressful in life. Like you're just not remembering it in that moment. Um, so kind of to have that feeling of fun um, is definitely one reason why I love to run. Um, although, I mean, we all know running is never fun a hundred percent of the time. Like it's, it's yeah. <laughs> running is always hard, no matter what like level of running, like it's just, it's always a suffer, suffer fest sport. <laughs> um, uh-huh. so I think like acknowledge it. So like the fun parts, like that's great. Um, I think I also like running just like for the community of people that I've met through running. Um, and I mean, I think, like, for me, this has kind of been a double-edged sword in terms of, like, injuries. So, like, for, um, I mean, like, how do I say this? So, like, I was injured, um, had, like, a pretty severe ankle injury last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was running on just, like, regular morning run on a trail that I run, like, literally every day. Um, yeah. And uh, my ankle just, like, twisted weirdly on a rock. Um, and I ended up tearing my peroneal tendon. Um, so luckily I didn't need surgery, um, which, you know, very thankful for that. Um, but it was a really long recovery process and wearing, um, one of those air cast boots for, uh, three months and, um, really just like it, that was over a year ago, excuse me. That was like August, 2020. And I, I only feel like kind of in the past like month or two, I've really been able to get back to training, like at basically a hundred percent from where I was mm-hmm. before then. Um, so that's kind of a, a long winded way of saying that like when I was injured and, um, or, um, let me go back. So like, yeah. um, so back to like the community <clears throat> piece of running, like I really, um, like valued the friends that I made through running. And then also like my main way of like hanging out with people, like was with running, Um, which I think is, like, really good, but then if you only depend on that way of, like, interacting with people, like, through running, then, um, like, it's problematic if you can't run for whatever reason, and I think that really Mm -hmm. hit me when I was injured, because I was, like, shit, like, my, like, all my ways of, like, hanging out with my friends, like, involve running, and now I can't do that, and, like, I was kind of met with this, like, crisis, like, existential Mm -hmm. crisis of, like, what do I do now, and, and then also, you know, in the middle of COVID, so, um, you know, some ways that you could hang out with people weren't options, like going and getting a coffee inside or something like it just, yeah. And, um, that like, I mean, COVID is a whole nother topic, but like you yeah. know, COVID has presented a lot of difficulties for a lot of different people. And that was one way that I kind of experienced challenges with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I guess like, I love running because of the community. And then I've also realized mm-hmm. that like, figuring out how to engage with the running community that's not just running is also important as well. It's kind of a long way yeah. of saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's good. And yeah, and like to, to what end, like I know we met through a phenomenal running community in the Vancouver area. Um, what are some of the ways that you've connected with people like 
it's like-minded people. You go and have fun and play around in the mud. Um, but what are some other ways you found to connect with community besides just running? Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I, I'm still kind of working with that. Um, but I think one way, like, is just doing other things outside and, like, adapting those to, like, what you can do, at, um, like, at any given time. So I've gone on some cool gravel rides with, um, like, a lot of that running group that you were just speaking about, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's nice when, when friends will want to spend time with you doing whatever activity it is, uh, Mm -hmm. running or biking or like whatever it is. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So like that is like one way, which has been great. Um, recently, like a lot of races have been opening back up here, um, like on the coast. And so I haven't raced any of them, but I have been volunteering at all of them, Mm -hmm. um, and that I found was great. Like, I mean, I've always loved volunteering at races, but it like just felt so good to be back in that like race environment without, mm-hmm. I think right now um, I just have a lot of like stress going on in my life and I really don't mm-hmm. feel like, um, I, I just don't feel like racing. Um, and I think that yeah. desire will come back at some point, but it's not there right now. Um, but I'm like, man, I want to like all these races going on. Like I want to, to enjoy these like, and, and I mean, races are so cool. Like, it's such a cool opportunity to watch so many people just, like, crush their goals. Like, it's just so inspiring. And I love that about races. So I'm like, okay, I'll just sign up to volunteer at all of them. Um, yeah, so that has been really cool. Um, and, of course, being fall um, on the coast, it's been some, like, <laughs> pretty gnarly weather conditions. Um, which is, like, kind of fun and, like, epic in, like, a way that's kind of similar to what I was talking about with Orcas when, yeah. um, you know, everyone's kind of, like, suffering together in these, like, absolutely outrageous conditions and uh, mm-hmm. you know, same kind of thing with the volunteers and kind of really inspiring watching Redders, like, crush it and, like, I'm, I'm thinking specifically about the Squamish 50, which happened, yeah. um, I guess not this past weekend, but the weekend before, um, and I don't know the specific stats but like some outrageous amount of rain fell um, throughout the weekend like meteorologists were calling it like an atmospheric river um and it's like trails were like underwater um you know there were river crossings that were like to your waist um i know the big climb on that course um it was like completely underwater like it was just like a river you're like going up like knee deep like trudging up this hill <laughs> you know it's a river like it's not not a trail anymore um anyway so yeah like conditions like that like super challenging for runners super cool mm-hmm. for runners super cool for volunteers to watch runners kind of crush it in those conditions especially the 50 50 runners that ran like 50 miles on one day and 50k the next like i don't know anyway so again long way of saying like pretty cool like volunteering at races is like such a cool way to like be involved in um you know in the running community and like get inspired by all those other runners out there and um yeah it's it's pretty cool yeah oh gosh that's that's fantastic yeah wow and with the volunteering like you've done a lot of cool stuff um you did write a really neat article for trail sisters about like what you saw volunteering and having like with ultra running or hiking or some of these cool long distance things, people really get a mix of, you know, you're out there on your hundred mile race and there's all the mental things you're going through. But when you're there volunteering, like you can sometimes see what a big difference you make in someone's day by, you know, Oh, hi there person coming in. Like, do you need some water? Do you want a cookie? Do you want something? And like, it's a different way of giving back. Um, How is yeah, how did how did your like or what was some of your experiences while you were volunteering that like you draw upon when you are out and it is you know two inches of rain are falling on your planned adventure and the mental part gets challenging. Yeah, I mean, I think the cool thing about volunteering is that like you get to see basically the whole field run through a certain point of the race, right? And I think like every single runner out there you can like draw inspiration from like what they're doing um like um this was at the squamish 50 like two years ago like 2019 so like 
a while ago, way pre-COVID. Um, mm-hmm. I was volunteering at an aid station that was like, uh, what was it? Like kilometer 65 of the 50 milers. So like pretty, okay, pretty yeah, far yeah. lot, like almost, almost at the end. <clears throat> like, um, and so, yeah, I was, I was volunteering at one of the aid stations there. And um, re- one of the runners, who was like the last runner, um, like he missed the time cut off. You know, the people sweeps are like right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he missed the time cut up at our aid station. He's like kind of sitting there, you know, starting to cry a little bit. Um, and, it, you know, people are trying to starting to like set, uh, take down the aid station and stuff and like take the food away. So I'm like, man, this poor runner, he's just sitting here crying. So I go over and um, just chat with him. And he told me this crazy story about how um, he was running the Squamish 50 miler, like that same race the year before. And he had like a really gnarly fall. Um, and ended up breaking his hip. Um, so obviously they, you know, took him away in the ambulance. He couldn't run for, I can't remember how long, but it was something like six months or something. And wow. had only just been able to get back into training um, like two months before the race. I mean, I might be missing, messing up the timeline a bit, but like, I don't bit, like just not ideal training but <laughs> yeah um and he was just like you know this race like my goal is to finish like um and so he you know tried his best as he could on that day and he ended up missing the time cut off and he's like man like in you know pre-hip like injury like mm-hmm. this wouldn't have been any pro like he has done fat dog 120 he's finished orcas 100 like he's like i'm a very experienced ultra runner i run all these races before like i'm you know, never usually chasing cutoffs and just that change of perspective for him um, to be like, I, I tried my best on this day um, and that's all I can all I can do. And like that um, kind of acceptance from him was really inspiring for me to see like him go through that process um, at that age station when he missed, missed the cutoff. So, um, I mean, that's like one super inspiring um, kind of example that like I think about that like you know I, i'm still thinking about it today and that's what like mm-hmm. two, years, two years ago two and a half years ago um yeah so i mean like i think you just see so many inspirational runners like as a volunteer and like if when you're out on adventures and like by yourself or you know with friends and things are getting hard and or in races and you're just kind of getting into that mental space of like man like why why am I doing this again like why is this sport my hobby why am I like out on this trail suffering and um and just realizing that like there's so many other people out there that are like like so many other runners out there that are just like crushing it and um you know it just drawing inspiration from that is pretty cool and I think yeah being a volunteer at races like it really gives you that opportunity to see those other people crushing it you know yeah yeah, you get the motivation and that connection part too, like the ups and downs of everything. You the the full human range of emotion that's possible being outside. And I think that's the cool thing about ultras is that you do indeed experience that full range of emotion. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's what I like. Excuse me about like Orcus Hundred was that, um, you know, like or I guess like any hundred miler, like you're out there for so long that like you know everything like you realize that like any feeling that you're having like it will change like you're never gonna feel this way forever you just gotta keep putting one foot in front of the other and like you know if you're having a mental low like things will change like problem solve like maybe have a snack like Mm -hmm. you're feeling low because your feet are hurting like can you change socks at the next aid station you have a dry pair of shoes like i don't know like problem solve but like just keep moving and like things will change and like that's the cool thing about ultras is that like you have that opportunity in your adventure because it's so long like for that to change so i don't know another cool thing about our sport yeah yeah for sure um so i want to slightly change it but you um did an awesome road trip to moab which is like Mm. one of the most amazing places ever Uh, (laughs) yeah and you did it by yourself so how what's my question here um yeah, like what what prompted you to, and then what were, um, how did that go for you as a single female heading out to somewhere that can be quite inhospitable at the best of times? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think so. Initially, this 
whole road trip started is um, like a friend of mine gave me a call. She was on like a year long uh, adventure, I guess, with her <laughs> fiance, and they um, were driving around in their van um, and just like adventuring for a year. Um, so she calls me up and she's like, "Hey, Lean, like I know this is like totally like random, but like um, me and my partner are gonna be." Um, like on the Grand Canyon over Canadian Thanksgiving like do you want to mm-hmm. come down and ride rim to rim with me and I was like yeah you know what that sounds really cool like that's on my bucket list I'd love to do that um, so we made plans to like meet up um, you know outside of the Grand Canyon and I was like okay like how am I gonna get down there and I was like well I kind of just like driving seems like the most fun option mm-hmm. um, so and like I think I've I've always kind of enjoyed going on solo adventures. I think um, like it definitely poses additional challenges being on your own. Um, but I think just like doing your homework, I guess, or just like being aware of like your surroundings and like um, just like knowing about where you're going and if there are places you need to avoid and that kind of stuff. I think is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I never felt um, scared or like, <laughs> I guess I felt scared, but like not for um, a real reason. I think the the most like um, challenging thing that happened to me on that road trip was that I, I blew a fuse in my car. Um, oh, and gosh. so I'm like driving down. Where was I? I was like, um, it was like pretty early on, like just mm-hmm. outside of Mount Rainier heading like, like almost in Idaho, I guess. Um Anyways, I, like, blew a fuse somewhere, or, like, something in my car, and um, I just, like, smelt this burning, and then, like, um, the, like, whole, like, um, like, clock and, uh, like, sound system in my car just, like, went out, and then I was, like, oh, my goodness, and I, like, pulled over, and I was, like, what did I break? Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> in a foreign country, like, I... Um, yeah anyways I just like that was kind of like the biggest thing and I realized that like it wasn't detrimental like my car still ran there wasn't any music for a long solo road trip which just means you get to uh, (laughs) hang out with your thoughts a lot yeah (laughs) um, yeah I think the hardest thing was not having something to like having a charging port to charge like my phone so Mm, just mm -hmm. kind of an additional challenge of um you know, finding finding coffee shops and stuff to stop in and to charge your phone and more importantly your GPS watch so you can track your runs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I mean like added fun, just like like stuff like that mm-hmm. where it's like just just things that come up and you just you just deal with it, you know, like nothing um kind of too scary or anything. And yeah. honestly like I found um yeah like in Moab I ran a lot in like the national parks like I ran in arches and canyonlands national parks quite a lot um and like most people were so friendly which was super cool like one woman um like I had just come back from a long run and I was um had a like my camp stove just like cooking lunch and um this woman comes up to me and like starts chatting and turns out she's from Abbotsford she recognized like the beast that's on my car and she's like oh like what are you doing here and so we chatted a bit and I, I remember I stayed in like a campsite outside of Moab um, that was recommended by a friend. And it turns out there was like a couple next, there was a thing at the site next to me and they were from Whistler. And I was like, oh, hey, like, oh, no way. It's like, um, but yeah, like, I think people just kind of like, most people were super friendly and just like, were asking what my adventures were. And, um, you know, I think just generally people are, like have good intentions i think and i think just like like don't be stupid when you trust people but just like <clears throat> most people are trustworthy i think um and like saying that while like you know paying attention to your surroundings and like listening to your gut and like if some if you feel like something's wrong then it usually is <laughs> yeah um, yeah but like i think it is it feels how do i describe it like kind of empowering to go on like solo adventures by yourself and Mm -hmm. um it's like you kind of just like just like this confidence and like your ability to deal with whatever comes up and whatever challenges arise because like inevitably something will happen like or like um just like a challenge will come up and it could be big could be small like you never know like um or like when you're running an ultra and it's like okay like something's gonna happen like maybe you you know 
feel nauseous. Maybe you start getting a blister. <laughs> like, I don't know, whatever. You just deal with whatever happens. And it's, like, the same kind of thing. You just, like, adapt to whatever um, is, you know, what, whatever challenges arise. And, and I think it's, like, this kind of confidence in yourself that you can deal with challenges. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, pretty empowering to have that feeling. So... Yeah, well, wow. that's that's a lot of stuff to have to figure out when you're traveling by yourself somewhere else with car issues and <laughs> electronics and how many bajillion computers are in this thing. Um, gosh, wow, yeah, that's fantastic. And and for you, especially to go from like the west coast of BC is incredibly different from being in the arid uh, moonscape uh magical moonscape of the southwest so there's all of that like it's arid it's not raining uh if it rains it's a different type of danger than Mm -hmm. the west coast yeah that was actually kind of the one thing that um i felt i guess most uneasy about was just like the different um i guess like environmental factors to be concerned about like when you're running like if you're running you're in the west coast it's like okay it's gonna be muddy it's gonna be wet like you know, bring lots of layers, like, um, I don't know, like sun exposure isn't usually a thing in the fall if you're like, (laughs) you know, it's just like, and like, I'm, I kind of have those systems of like what to bring with me on different length of runs. Like I had that kind of like dialed in and then, um, like, especially going down to Moab and, um, and even in Moab, I remember there's just like a whole range of like temperature when I was down there and, um you know there's not a lot of um or it's a a lot of like exposure to the sun so that's like Mm -hmm. something to uh, like an environmental factor to to figure out and I know some places have like flood warnings if it does rain so it's figuring out what that looks like and what preparing for that looks like and um yeah it was like a whole kind of different totally different environment to run in which um yeah, it was, was really cool. Um, and also was like, ah, okay, like m- more things to learn when like preparing for a run in like a different <laughs> environment. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and after being there, like any desire to go back and do another adventure there or a race in the area or keep exploring more new places or a mix? Oh, man. Like, I wish I could just like run wherever I wanted, like full time. Like, <laughs> Yeah. don't have to worry about work I, like I'd love to go back I'd love to like um run in new places as well like Moab was just so cool I like thoroughly enjoyed it I felt like I did not even scrape the surface of like where I could run um and like I think like one of my adventures I did in Moab I was like I just want to do like a 50k day so I mm-hmm. kind of looked at um I remember I was in the, like, McDonald's, um, like, on yep. the strip in Moab, and I was like, free Wi-Fi, uh-huh. what up? So uh-huh. I was on the phone, trying to, like, charge my phone, and I, like, download, like, a PDF map of, um, like, Archer's National Park, and I'm, like, looking yep. at the trails, and, like, I don't like, I couldn't download, or, like, I couldn't figure out Gaia, and anyways, I'm, like, looking at this yep. PDF and trying to, like, guess how long different trails are to, like, make the distance that I wanted to ride and I'm like man this is like so old school mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I was like okay um, yeah so I kind of like mapped out this route and um, slept in my car and got up early and watched the sunrise as I started my run and just like the whole terrain that I ran in throughout that one run in that one national park was just so different in so many different places and it was like like that was just so cool and it like reminded me that like our legs can take us to so many cool places even just in one run like the different types of like micro ecosystems that we can go through it's just so cool um so yeah I feel like I didn't scrape the surface of like what I did when I was running there like Moab 240 like I I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm ready to run 200 milers yet or like that's like a whole whole different type of adventure that like I think I will probably want to do at some point in the future um but I don't think that's right now but I think doing Moab 240 would be pretty cool um yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I on on that note I know someone that just finished uh was it two weeks ago last week Mm -hmm. two two weeks ago I guess Mm -hmm. yeah yeah two weeks ago and then somebody I think he came in third last year when they wow. ran it so and then seeing 
yeah, seeing the photos, I was like, wow, that sounds really cool. And I think the the best quote that I got from it was like, okay, so when the gun goes off, I'm going to start walking moderately quickly in that direction (laughs) and we'll see how long I can go with no sleep but it's uh yeah it it looks it looks epic and the photos I just saw on Strava wow yeah yeah I mean I think for the race that long is just so different like I know like 100 milers like are long for sure but like you can do a 100 miler like without stopping really you know like you don't need to sleep um you know like you can (laughs) go like I mean you can like some people do totally but like you or like for me I didn't like I found that I didn't have to sleep during Orcas like um you know I didn't really stop the only time I stopped was like I sat down changed my shoes at aid stations and kept going like it was very much like mm-hmm. out keep moving the whole time whereas you know like a 200 mile race or 240 mile race and you know, unless you're like Courtney DeWalter or something like <laughs> you know like I think most most people like nap at some points, and it's like strategically strategically figuring out okay, like when do you nap? Like how long are those naps? Like yeah, and just like what's runnable versus when are you gonna walk? It's just a very different approach than a hundred miler than a fifty miler, you know. Um, and so that it's just it just sounds so cool, um, and also like a totally different type of race than like anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And what you just said, like, when do you run versus when do you walk? That's some pretty freaking amazing life advice, too, of what you're working towards or a goal or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, on that note, uh, you mentioned uh, your sidekick there, Mr. Mops. Mm-hmm. And when when we first met on a trail run, uh, I remember you talking about wanting to get a dog. And it's really cool to, to have to have met Mops a few times uh, this spring and everything. Um, how has that been for you not, and I'm trying to recollect this, not having dog experience for it. Now you have a puppy. Um, how's that? Because that's a, that's a journey of its own. Oh, totally. Like puppies are so much work. Um, love him. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, like it's been really how do I describe it like I think like the best decision I've made ever like hands down has been getting mops um like he's just I know I'm biased but he's just like the absolute best um although I recognize that like every dog owner should think their dog is the best Um, (laughs) but yeah definitely like um especially when he was like a really young puppy it's like you're definitely making compromises with what um, with what you're doing and and then it's like trying to figure out okay like how can I make having this like very cute tiny dog that's like fully dependent on me for like all of their needs like how can I fit this very new responsibility like into my life um, which I think I'm still trying to figure out um, yeah like I think I mean I from day one was kind of like yeah you're gonna be an adventure bud so like I've like you know done like increased his like adventuring at like safe levels so I'm not like throwing him too much in the deep end but like he Mm -hmm. comes on all my runs with me or most of my runs with me he did his longest run ever actually at uh we were volunteering at a race last weekend um Mm -hmm. past one um yeah, we did some flagging and uh, a pre-sweep um, race day. And so we ran like almost 27K, um, nice. his longest run. So I'm like so proud of him, little bud. Um, but yeah, like I think like it's it was always my goal when I got a dog to like have the dog be a runner. Like I, mm-hmm. I love Mops that he's so snuggly, like his breed, they're bred to be snuggle buddies. Um, so like that is great. But I was like, you know what, like I want to be spending all my time on the trail like I want a dog that wants to do that too um so I think that like is helpful I think yeah I think that piece I've kind of like um nailed down I think the challenging part is is work and I think as work arrangements change as the pandemic changes um like that piece is hard and I I know I'm struggling with that I know I'm not the only person in the world Mm -hmm. that's like struggling with that pieces now uh, like piece as well right now um, yeah I mean like and not just with dogs but also with like childcare or like themselves getting used to 
um, changing demands of whether workplaces are expecting them to to go back into the office and what that mm-hmm. looks like. And, you know, after almost two years of being remote, like, what does that look like? And how, yeah. you know, how, you know, how have we changed since, you know, pre-pandemic? Like, I know for me, it's like, I'm not the same person I was pre-pandemic. So it's like, what yeah. might have worked with me and my lifestyle, like, pre-pandemic like doesn't work for me anymore and it's like okay well what what do we do what where do we go from there you know and it's yeah trying to figure that out and and again like I I know that like or I I suspect that I'm not the only person in this boat (laughs) oh gosh yeah (laughs) yeah there there are a lot of people and yeah yeah if you don't have to be there why do I have to be there again Mm -hmm. yeah I think I've learned you know quite a lot about what um like what I value in a workplace and in an employer and what really motivates me to do my best work and how I work best. And, mm-hmm. and like, I've always kind of been interested in those kind of questions. Like I, I studied adult education in grad school. Like I, I love figuring out like, how does each person learn the best, you know? Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean like working fully remote, um, I guess just a bit of background for the listeners. I um, have an office job. I coordinate mental health programs for resident doctors. So those are um, doctors who have done medical school and now they're doing their residency training and like whatever type of medicine they want to mm-hmm. want to practice in. Um, yeah, so I coordinate mental health programs like to support those resident doctors. Um, so I, I think the work itself I find very satisfying like um, and like helpful. Um, or like contributing to like making a difference which I feel like is good especially in the pandemic um, has been crazy Um, but what was I saying yeah like the office environment I feel like doesn't necessarily align with like what my values are what how I work best um, and those are things that I think I've kind of really discovered in the pandemic and being able to work remote and you know I really feel like I've kind of come into my own like work-wise um yeah remotely and and now that my employer is like oh you gotta you gotta come back into the office and that's posing to be a challenge in multiple ways so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and thank you for sharing that because you're right a lot of people are in that position uh for whatever reason of is it necessary to go back in the office or do i want to or do i have the choice and there'll be yeah i think we're we're really neat transitory time where a lot of the paradigms of things already did shift and i'm just curious to see how they continue shifting of if you can work from home you know do you have to be accessible to your physical location or Great. If you want to be in Moab and get up and go for a trailer in the dark and, you know, remote in from the McDonald's, that's cool. Why too. not? Yeah. <laughs> totally. And like, and honestly, I think it, it depends so much on each person. Like I look at um, my coworkers that I work closely with and, and like some of them really value going into the office and like that is where like I'm thinking of one coworker in particular and she just works better in the office and she's like oh I'm so thankful that we can finally go back into the office yeah <laughs> um, whereas for me and my other coworker, we're both like no like we work better from home like this is really um you know challenging to to have to navigate this change of routine and change of structure and change of like the systems that we've kind of established and put in place to be really functional at home and mm-hmm. navigating that. And um, I don't know, like from my perspective, I think giving, giving people the option and because everyone works differently and everyone learns differently and, and what work arrangement works best to help you produce the best work, like might look totally different than someone else. Um, and I think the cool thing about being like self-aware adults is that like generally like I feel like people want to do their best work and um and it's cool that people can kind of like discover what that um work arrangement that works best for them like what that looks like and I mean in an ideal world I would hope that like employers kind of recognize that and and kind of can support their employees being as productive as they can but um 
in reality, I'm finding that's not the case. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. other people are finding that too, which is too bad. I think, um, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be this way, but. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Thank, thank you for your thoughts, because that is a question a lot of uh, people and a lot of us are investigating right now as, as things shift and change. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I can see we're getting kind of close on the time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I am super curious that you've done a lot of interesting things. Do you have a favorite adventure that you've done and or a couple things that you're um, excited to go and do? Cross off your bucket list, as it were. Oh. Um, well, in terms of bucket list things, I mean, one thing I did this summer was I went over to the Sunshine Coast um, and ran a bit of the Sunshine Coast Trail. Um, and it was amazing. It was gorgeous. It was just so cool. Um, so I think one of my bucket lists would be to do, um, the whole thing, which is 180 kilometers, um, as like a, a through hike with Mr. Mops. Yeah. So he'd have to build up his endurance a bit, but I think it would be pretty cool to do that as kind of like a fast packing adventure with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've introduced him to like camping and stuff already this summer. So I think once we build the fitness, that might be a next summer goal. So I think that would be pretty fun. Um, in terms of races, there's a couple, couple hundred milers that I would like to do um, in the next one to two years. Um, I've been signed up to run Fat Dog for a couple years now. And mm-hmm. hopefully 2022 might be the year. Uh, so I think that that is one race that's on my on my bucket list and and the wham 100 miler um as another local um local adventure would be pretty cool the high lonesome hundred um down in colorado is also oh yeah caught my eye Mm -hmm. uh, for multiple reasons um one of them being the course just looks so cool um but they also just the whole race organization just seems so committed to um kind of creating such an inclusive um and welcoming like culture for the trail running community and that's something that i find super cool um so supporting the race um and running in that environment would be just super cool i think so yeah anyways yeah those are are some (laughs) awesome and yeah you you mentioned way back at the beginning that you got into running like four years ago and it's been an incredible journey since then Mm -hmm. what would you have any advice for, you know, the Aileen four years back that was thinking about it or for somebody who might be thinking out there like, oh, my God, like Aileen runs 100 miles. That's insane. I could never do that. But <laughs> you're literally like you're literally proof that anybody or, you know, you could because you did. Um, so, yeah, any, anything you could share for, you know, people saying, wow, is that something I could do or, you know, I think the answer <laughs> is like, yeah, you can totally do it. Um I th- or I think, yeah, you can totally do whatever you're stoked about. Um, because I think that's like the key to, to hunter miler training, to any type of ultra training, to like really enjoying any type of sport or like any way of engaging in the outdoors or anything. It's just like, if you're stoked about it, like that's the most important thing. You know, if that stoke is there, like um, it makes, you know, like you can, you can put in the training, you can, um, kind of work on the different skill sets that are needed to like crush whatever your goals are. Um, But it's like finding out whatever you're stoked about. And if you're stoked about it, then you can do anything, you know, like I could never have guessed four years ago that I would have um, run a hundred miler, let alone did as well as I did in that race. And um, yeah, I think that the cool thing is, it's like when you're really stoked about something, like it sounds kind of corny, but like there's, there's no limit. You can just keep going. Like, it's just, it's, like it's pretty cool that like stoke levels um can just like propel you in such a cool direction so yeah oh that's fantastic awesome uh yeah and any other words of wisdom you'd like to share or shout outs you want to give for can we can we follow your adventures with mops on any of the social medias sure that you have open to share <laughs> well i mean i guess in terms of like any other words of wisdom i think yeah like, um I, I guess I didn't really talk about this, but I did write an article for Trail Sisters called, like, Running in the Face of Self-Doubt. So you can look at that on Trail Sisters. 
um, I think on my profile in Trail Sisters, it lists all the articles that I've written. Um, yeah. But I think, like, um, everyone, like, regardless of how much you run, how experienced of a runner you are, like, what, like, everyone experiences doubt in, like, whatever you're doing. So, like, if you're just, like, just keep putting one foot in front of the other, like, things will change. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you're a hundred miler and it's dark and you're not having fun and you're like, why am I doing this? And, like, you just keep putting putting your putting keep putting one foot in front of the other and like like just keep like keep moving through that and you know everyone feels that way so um yeah yeah. Uh, yeah and then in terms of things to follow me mops.adventuremuffin that's my instagram handle Uh, mops.adventuremuffin okay yes um, there's a bit of a story behind there, but uh-huh. <laughs> we'll know. save that. That's a we'll private save story. That for next yeah. Time, but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Mops on adventure muffin. That's uh, me and Mr. Mops on Insta. So, um, yeah, follow along in our adventures. We'll do. Well, I want to say thank you very much, Aileen, for making time to chat with us. And thanks to Mops for supervising in the background and letting <laughs> us know he's around. Mops, say uh, hi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Say hi. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, and and thank you. This has been fantastic, and I wish you good luck on all your adventures. Awesome. Thanks so much. You too. You're welcome. All right, friends. Thank you for joining me for another episode of The Wisdom of the Wilderness. I appreciate you being here and spending part of your day with me, and I hope that there has been a good experience on your end listening to today's episode. If this episode resonated with you and you know somebody who might enjoy or appreciate, uh, be inspired or empowered by it, please feel free to pass it along and drop me a review on the podcast platform of your choice that you are listening to it on. As well, I now have an email address that you can feel free to send me messages, suggestions, thoughts, guest requests, questions, whatever it might be. That address is Wisdom of the Wilderness at protonmail.com. That's wisdom of the wilderness, all one word, at protonmail.com. Look forward to seeing some messages and want to say hello to everyone out there from all the different countries and cities and states and counties and provinces. Thank you. It's been really cool to see where people are listening from and think a little bit about all those different experiences people are having in their day-to-day life. All right. Have yourselves a good one, friends. We will talk to you the next time. The Wisdom of the Wilderness. Uh